fucking IPAs. Oh yeah, I got the heavy stuff. Most people don't like them, man. I, I, I just didn't get a six uh, pack because most people. I didn't want to uh, get in your personal stash. You Dude, know. the fridge is for everyone. I've been my go-to. I, I used to always drink IPAs, but my go-to is that Trim Tab Raspberry. Man, it's like the only beer I can drink and I get hangovers from. Does it come in like the tall boy like four pack? thing that's no, a six pack of like little green and white cans it's like a sour oh, raspberry yeah, it's like a paradise yeah paradise now i think it's fucking good dude well trim tab has got some wild beers but man they're so expensive like you'll have like a tall boy four pack of like you know fruit loop beer or something and it's like 25 dollars. that's an exaggeration but you know 15 18 for four beers <laughs> They're doing all this like wild experimental stuff, which I guess is cool. But I don't know. That one's a clean nine ninety nine at the gas station. Okay, and they sell Paradise it. now. Okay. They sell it everywhere now. It's like at every fucking gas station. Oh, can I cuss? Yeah, pretty much everybody does. So that's fine. Because <clears throat> um, I'm not very good at not cussing. We've learned that. Um, <laughs> and that was actually a conversation when we first started this. It was like, okay, are we gonna like allow people to cuss? And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to censor people. You know, we want people to just be relaxed and. You know, we appreciate everybody taking the time to even come here in the first place. So I don't even know that I can explain sentences properly without using shitty language. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, I think that's most people, you know, at least most people that we've had on here. But yeah, man, uh, Stephen Bate, thank you for coming. Uh, how's yes, life sir. lately for you? It's getting pretty all right. I couldn't, I can't really complain. I'm a little too busy and too tired. I hear you. Okay. Well, I was curious when I reached out to you, um, uh, at least according to social media, you had kind of taken a break from the your first company, or maybe it's not your first company, the Dixiana Cycle Company, Cycle Co. Uh, yeah, it looked really like sure what, what, what that is. I guess Dixiana Cycle Company, Dixiana Company, hell. It, but, sounds, it rings off the tongue. Dixie Co. Uh, it looks cool, though. Yeah, Dixie <laughs> Co. You got some rad shirts we got pulled up up here. And, um, that Dixie is a small little region of Pinson, Alabama, where I grew up. Okay. In between Pinson and Clay. When did you start that company or get into building bikes? Um, building bikes? Probably in the past four, five, six years. I really dove into the more technical side of things, but I've always ridden motorcycles. I've had a motorcycle since I was probably 10 or younger. Well, it looked like uh, you kind of hit the pause button for a little while, at least for the past maybe year or a couple of months. Um, uh, maybe just got too busy with things and had to focus on priorities maybe. I got a little overwhelmed, I guess you could say. I did the People's Champ build, and I was working a full-time job and doing that in the afternoons, so... I was basically working from sun up to sundown and then crashing and starting over. Yeah. I did that for like a year straight. So like I literally I just couldn't keep up with that anymore. And once that was over, Born Free asked me to build a bike for that whole show, which is like the biggest honor you can be asked to do. Yeah. And then I didn't even finish it because they gave me like, it was like six months to build a bike. And I was in the process of moving out of my shop to my home shop. So that cut even more time off. 
And I just got super overwhelmed with it all. I was tired mentally, physically, financially. By the time I got everything moved from one shop to the other shop, I was just like, I just need to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Think of, you know, try and get, and also trying to build those bikes on a, on a time frame made all of my customer orders get pushed to the side. You know, I'd be selling shirts and parts or whatever on the website and it would, months would go by that I wouldn't have time to get to it. So people's orders were just sitting there and you're getting messages all the time. Like, where's my stuff? It's like, man, custom work takes custom time. Yeah. <laughs> you're working on your, your bike for, the, for yeah. the contest or whatever. So talking about that, um, what year was the people's champ bike? Was that in 2020 when you did that? I guess so. Fuck, I don't even know. Okay, all right. We've got your Instagram pulled up right here. So um, this bike here in the middle, you've got several photos of it with the helmet on that. Yeah, click on that one. Uh, is this the the bike for the People's Champ thing that you yeah. were building for? So yeah, tell me about that contest. Did they just reach out to you? Do people just submit it? Because I saw... Um, you actually did a video that's on YouTube, which is really rad, where they interview you about the bike and about the build. And mm-hmm. you talked about sawing the end of your finger off and yeah. like all the <laughs> all the things that went into it. So uh, we'll link that video in the description for this, and I encourage anybody that's listening to check it out. Um, but yeah, how did you get involved with that contest, and how did that come about? Uh, I've been I've kept up with it for years and, and watched it every year, and. For the longest time, I saw those builders as like a whole step above my pay grade, so to speak. When I, when I first really got into like building bikes or caring about custom things, where um, where is this? Like, who are the guys that put this contest on? Builtwell does it. Builtwell okay. now it used to be Show Class Magazine, but I think they've tanked and Builtwell just kind of picked up the idea. Okay, but it's still all, all under the same name, I guess. Yeah, but. it's still the People's Champ contest. So, yeah, you. I just kept up with it for years, and then I, after I built my first, like, chopper that kind of got a little bit of, uh, got the ball, the ball really rolling, it got featured in the Horse Magazine in 2016. Do you have a picture of that bike? It's on my Instagram somewhere. Scroll, scroll down. Let's see if we can find a photo of that. <clears throat> um, I see you're making all this rad jewelry and stuff. It's like, dude, you're doing all kinds of stuff. I have more hobbies than Hobby Lobby. <laughs> uh let's see while she looks for it um maybe way back it's yeah it's probably way down it's yellow in the most recent pictures i ended up raffling off that bike yeah there it is you can go up all right go back up that one on in the green in the middle field, yeah dude that thing is stretched out man Look at that. i ended up raffling that bike off to build the people's champ bike and then I raffled off the People's Champ bike to build the Born Free bike that's still sitting at my house <laughs> in, okay. in pieces. So the Born Free show that you were invited to do and then the People's Champ, is that the only two times you tried to build for a contest? I guess it's a contest, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. For, for the most part. Sorry. Well, dude, um, well, the bikes look really sick. Uh I'm sure that's a sad moment when you raffle a bike off. I mean, it's a good thing when you like raffle it and I guess everybody, I guess, is that the best way to sell a bike these days? Like by raffling, Um, do you get more money than just trying to like put up a sticker price and hope that somebody doesn't haggle with you versus like a hundred people that all throw in a hundred bucks to try to win? My, my problem is I built, spend all these thousands of dollars and labor hours to build 
a motorcycle that technically isn't worth that much money because it's not a Harley. Right. So the resale value isn't that of a Harley. So if, when I, if I was going to sell it, I had to raffle it basically to get my money back out of it. Otherwise, somebody would have been like, I'll give you three grand for it, loser. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's not a Harley. Are you just, do you ever build Harleys or work on Harleys? Yeah. I'm, I've got a garage full of them. I just, they're unreliable and expensive okay. and. <laughs> well, we were talking earlier. I met you like, at. I can't um, afford that shit, man. Those people want like hundreds of dollars for like one random old piece, and you're like, "Sure, I can buy an entire Yamaha for that." Like, <laughs> I met you at a. Um, uh, we were talking earlier. I met you at a, a Haints event. I don't know what it was. It was at their place over in Avondale, their old place in Avondale. It was probably and one of the after parties for Barber. I think it may have been. It may have been a Barber's weekend, but. Um, I think you were rocking a, you gave me your card and it had a, uh, I think it was Yamaha Virago mm-hmm. on there. Is that the bike that we're looking at here? Yeah. That's after it got, finally got painted for when it was in the horse magazine, it was dripping wet with like black. You had paint. just painted it. I literally, literally like, yeah, they, they, when they called me and said that they wanted to do it, uh, they were like, well, can you finish it up? Like, you know, pretty it up, whatever. So I was like, yeah, uh, agreed to a very short deadline and stayed up for like three or four days straight trying to make it as nice as possible. I literally wrote it to the photo shoot with the paint still tacky. Oh, okay. Just don't touch it. Take pictures <laughs> yeah, of just it. Like, don't, don't go anywhere near this bike. It's... Well, what was your first bike, um, if you can recall? Uh, was it that Yamaha, or did you get into <clears throat> other bikes? I know you said you rode dirt bikes and stuff, but what was your first like street bike? I bought a 70-something, early 70s CB550 okay. that my buddy Kevin Camp had, like, turned into a chopper, bobber. Bobber kind of. chopper deal. You see a lot of people doing that with a... Well, it was a backyard, weld it together with what you got, spray and pray welding and bubble gum and popsicle sticks machine. Yeah. It was a death trap for sure, and it was crazy looking. Didn't fall apart on you or anything? Uh, surprisingly, it didn't. Now that I think back on it, it's like, whoa, <laughs> that was dangerous. How long did you have that bike? Uh, hell, I don't even know. That was so long ago. But that was uh, that was your first bike. Mine was a Honda Shadow. I think most of my friends, it was like Shadows. But the CB, that's a Honda, right? Like mm-hmm. this Honda line. So. It was a right, CB, Honda. CB554. I don't remember what year it was. It was pretty sweet, and I, when I finally got it tuned in right and dialed in, it was fast. It, I remember that, and it was so sketchy because it was hardtail with, like, a Springer seat and stuff on it going way too fast. <laughs> well, I see the seat. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and preface this conversation by saying I am not, like, a, a gearhead when it comes to, like, motorcycles and stuff, but all the CBs, they – uh I always think of the like kind of the bench seat on the back, real flat. Like um, mm-hmm. they call them like a cafe racer type bike. You see a lot of dudes doing if that's even a thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually, my first bike might not have been that bike. It might have been a Triumph. They were in the same time frame. Okay. I How old a, were you? you remember? No, nah, I have not. Not at all. A hundred years ago. Time okay. frames and me don't go together very well. When I go to tell a story, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember like a couple of months ago we were over there doing this. And like somebody will be like, dude, that was five years ago. So, yeah. Oh, I thought that was like last month. It's crazy. Well, when you got into building bikes, um, did you just kind of teach yourself? Because I saw the uh, 
There were two videos on YouTube. Uh, the one, the People's Chant, where they were talking about your bike, and I guess it made like, did you win that, or was it like you were a semifinalist or something? Or, or I was in the final six, and I got disqualified at the eleventh hour. Okay. Um, well, damn, that sucks. Yeah. But yeah, so they did like a, a whole series of like people in that year that I guess made that final six. I guess they interviewed all the final six. Mm -hmm. But then there was another video um, that was like people of Alabama and it was just kind of talking about you and your life and you know it's a quick little five minute mini documentary type deal but super cool and um, kind of talked about how you sort of how you got into bikes and, and started your shop and um, you kind of hinted at your time like hopping on trains and, and just your whole lifestyle and stuff a really cool series I don't know if that's still a thing or I have no idea they're still doing that the but. guy that made that documentary i don't think works for al.com anymore i think he kind of branched out well dude i thought it was spread his i thought it was such bit. a cool thing man especially like in preface to this this is kind of the first time we've had to sit down and um the guy that did that is a phenomenal videographer yeah uh, Jannard archibald well, shout out Jannard. yeah um, he's uh i built him a really sweet uh cb650 cafe racer crazy monster machine well, this documentary was really cool, and uh, I'll put some. Uh, I'm going to show that video. I'm just going to edit it into this podcast. Uh, but in that, man, you talked about how you kind of started your shop, and I guess <coughs> you're not allowed to cough, dude. You can't cough on the podcast. You're ruining everything. <sighs> I'm kidding. But once you, uh, I guess, got into tooling on bikes and working on bikes and stuff, at what point did you decide, hey, man, I think I might start my own little garage thing and, and maybe start taking orders and helping other people build build stuff. It started pretty slow. I've been an elevator mechanic for as long as I can remember. So I was working full time and then me and a bunch of buddies, we all had bikes and we would get together and what we called motorcycle Mondays. And it was just us drinking beer trying to avoid responsibility on a Monday night. Motorcycle Monday. But <laughs> yeah. Just look at your bike and drink beer. Yeah, it's pretty much it. And then we just kind of, I mean, like I've always been, I've had welding machines and tools. I've been around fabrication and stuff in my work trade forever. So I've already had most everything I needed anyways to build a bike. So one night we were just drunk and I cut, I took a bandsaw and literally cut my motorcycle in half in the garage. I was like, I'm going to build a chopper and just went yink, and cut it in half. What bike was it that you cut in half? It was that Yamaha. Oh, it was this Yamaha. Okay. Yeah. Because in that video, you talked about one bike in particular that you were like, I've rebuilt this bike like 20 times. It's that one. It's this one. Okay. Yeah. It's been like nine colors and a couple of frame differences and different front ends and things. Well, I guess it's a good bike to I play cut, around I cut on. my teeth on it. Yeah, because I didn't care about messing it up. I just like, it's a Yamaha Virago. Like, yeah. well, it doesn't. It's worth like $300 in a 12-pack. Do you see anybody <laughs> else that's ever like chopped out of Virago the way you did or yeah there's a couple out there that I saw that kind of gave me the 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 goat the green light you know I saw some pictures on the internet I was like oh that's all I have to do is cut this add this and weld that together and we're done because it's like the engine is like if anybody's ever seen a Virago it's almost like the engine is like kind of what holds the frame it's, together it's in called, a way it's called a stressed member I think and it, yeah, the frame is the motor. The frame is the motor. It's the structural integrity. So if you it. take the motor out, then the frame is two pieces, basically. It's just one small 
tiny frame that weighs as much as a bicycle and it's pretty flexible when it's not bolted to the bike you could pretty much break it in half where did you get it originally i don't even remember the dude's name i was i was living in new orleans doing god knows what at the time and somebody paid me some money to like help them build a shed and they had this yamaha in the backyard behind like, hey man you do anything like, with that bike? Like, yeah what are you doing with that and he was like I think he wanted like two or three hundred dollars for it, which I don't think I actually ever gave him. So you got a free bike, basically. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this man. bike that is like the, 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 shaped your entire future. The me that you were sitting here with, and the me that lived in New Orleans at that time, we could—I don't even know that guy. We'd or like I, I don't even remember what I was doing most of the time. Are you from New Orleans? No, I'm from here. I'm from here. I was okay. just living there, trying to be a jazz boy. Okay, trying to play that jazz music. Well, you talked about hopping trains and stuff. I don't know anybody that's actually, like, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about hopping trains. Like, like legit, like, jumping on, like, boxcars. Like, yeah, what you see in, like. Places. I just, usually me and my dog and a banjo. Sometimes a bicycle. I don't carry any, any variation of things. What? what makes you want to do that? Like, I was at a festival. I don't even know. I mean, a long time ago. It's called Best Friends Day in Richmond, Virginia. And I'd already been kind of like doing the vagabond musician thing, right, driving around in a van. So yeah. I'd already driven around the country probably like six times in a van with a bunch of dirty bluegrass players. And then we were at this festival, and there was these other bluegrass players that were riding freight trains. And I was like, man, I think I need to do that. And what they like... I'd, 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 you know, inf infiltrated their friend group. They would show you the ropes. Yeah. Like, like, okay, this is what you do. <clears> shook hands with everybody, and I was like, I think I really want to do what you're doing. And then uh, I just, then I did it. All right. So give me freight train hopping 101, um, <clears throat> or at least when you were doing it. I guess things have changed, or maybe things haven't changed. <laughs> I'm maybe I'm the, sure it's still the, the same. train industry is like the most like unchanged industry in the world. I think it's people see it as super glamorous, but really you're just walking a lot. Walking. And just sitting in the woods, a fuck lot, fucking lot. <laughs> You're just sitting there for like ten hours. And Dude, then... I got off on a tangent watching like these YouTube dudes, and they were kind of doing the same thing. Um, they're like hop trains a lot, and a lot of it, you know, they have they're pretty sophisticated. They've got their apps on their phones and stuff, and so well, they yeah. know. Back then, I don't think I even had a cell phone. Well, dude, these guys were sitting in the woods at some point in the video, and they're waiting for another train. And as soon as the train comes by, you hear one person yelling out all the numbers. Oh, and yeah. And the yeah. other person's writing it down. <clears throat> you can call in to, like, the hotline and type in train car numbers, and it'll tell, tell you, you where they're going. They, well, if that, yeah, if there's something in there, it's like they're tracking numbers, basically. So you can okay. like, tell where that package is destined, destined to go. And so they won't you tell you decide exactly. if you want to jump on that train or not. I right, guess. yeah. It's got to have rideables, like train cars that are safe-ish to ride. Safe-ish to ride. Box cars are sketchy as hell because the doors, sometimes the doors automatically lock if they slam closed. Oh, so you get locked in there? Oh, yeah. I've, what? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so a, what else can you ride on if you're not on a box car? I mean, you got these big the, tanker. The, the grainers are pretty good because they have porches on both sides of them. Okay. Like where the grainer kind of comes down at a point. There's Is that a the thing porch. that looks like a big tank? Yeah, but it's like it's the big white ones. It's kind of square-shaped, and it triangulates down to the bottom where, like, the hopper would let all the grain out. 
Okay, so you have like a little porch area where you can like jump on and yeah, you just hang out, and right just chill there. out. Yeah, set your the sleeping bag out, open up you a bottle of whatever it is, and chill. dude, that's so <laughs> wild, man. What was the first time you ever had the Kahuna's to go jump on a train? I guess when you met these people, yeah, that, fuck, I don't these vagrants at this uh, the, the this worst, festival that you're the at. The worst experience of my life too was the first time because. We were in Virginia, and there like a hurricane or something had just hit the coast, or was about to hit the coast. And then there was also an earthquake that happened somewhere right around in that same week. In Virginia? Yeah. Combo hurricane <laughs> earthquake something. in Virginia? Yeah, I don't know. What? Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. It, we, okay. we were we, At that point, I think we had made it to the coast. Okay. And I don't know what we were doing, but. I know. I remember distinctly having a party with no power, with like a bunch of strangers called the Her- Earthquakes and Hurricanes Party. Okay. And we went to this grocery store and bought like, you know, those high gravity nasty beers called Hurricanes. Uh, they're like I don't know if I do. they're like they're like cheaper than Steel Reserve. Are they in like the big forty bottles? They, they come, just... yeah, they come in all kinds. Of they stuff, come in all kinds. But... Okay. If you know what a Steel Reserve is, oh yeah, it's yeah. like that classic Steel Reserve, but way worse. That's that's low on the totem pole, brother. Yeah, they're like they're like ten percent alcohol, like just made to fuck you up. So that's we bought like good. we bought an entire shopping cart of earthquakes and hurricanes, which are both cheap malt liquors, and had this huge party right during the whole thing. But then we got on the train after the party, and I, we got on a it was a UPS train, and we were sitting on the wrong side of it where the wind and rain could hit you. And okay. that fucking hurricane came, and we were like bundled under a tarp, like in seventy mile per hour winds, and oh my just gosh. completely exposed. It was terrible. On a train, on a train going like seventy miles an hour. Dude, those things get derailed, man. I've seen like videos, like tornadoes and stuff, like hitting a train and just knocking it off. Doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, dude, that's crazy, dude. I would, uh, I don't think I'd ever try to hop on a moving train yeah. what's weird is i'm 35 years old and i'm sitting at my house yesterday i think the day before yesterday i was just like you know it'd be really nice just go just, hop on just, a train <laughs> just go dis- just go disappear for like a week because i've got so much shit going on right now that i've been like real overwhelmed and stressed out again i was like i'm just gonna disappear for a week and like turn my phone off well, what do you got going on in your life right now what, what's so busy uh well i finally got caught up on orders with uh, the dixiana stuff they shipped out I don't know, a couple of days ago, finally. Yeah, man, you do T-shirts. You got, like, you make your own, like, custom jewelry that you, like, weld and stuff. And I saw something. It was pretty cool. It was, like, a uh, maybe, like, a, a mantle to a, a dog or an owner's dog or something. It was, like, the that maybe was, it was your dog. Oh, okay. That was Lucy. She rode freight trains with me for years. And she went to – she's been to more places than most people have been. Yeah. Like everywhere, a dog went with me everywhere. She passed away, and I finally I made that little, like a little memorial yeah, thing, something I could just kind of hold on to. So most of the orders through the Dixiana thing is it like, <coughs> um, what what are you doing uh, in the height of that company when you got it started? Did you just have like basically a garage where you're just like tooling on bikes, and then it started to, to progress into like, hey, I could sling some T-shirts here and there. Yeah, it, I've, I've most of the time. There, during that all that I had a full time job, and then during the Built Well People's Champ thing and COVID and shit happened, I lost my full time job and just went full time at the bike shop. You said you're an elevator mechanic. Yeah, dude, that's kind of a really <laughs> unique 
rad job. I feel like man, I got. You're you the one that climbs up in the elevator shaft and like I do all that sketchy shit. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about how elevators work. I just pray to God that I don't like die in one when it. You are st- statistically safer in an elevator than pretty much anything else that moves. They have redundant safety si- systems. Yeah, on that's what day, I've heard. So. Like, there's no way, like in the movies and stuff, you see like an elevator that's just like plummeting down to the bottom of the shaft. No, there's just no no way that that would ever happen. Really, I mean, I'm sure it does. I've seen some videos from like third world countries where they don't have any kind of safety standard that are pretty sketchy. But how long did you? Um... How long have you been doing that? Or how did you even get into that? Uh, well, I'm elevator like, mechanic. I'm like a third generation elevator mechanic. My grandfather owned this company, Vulcan Elevator. This oh, okay. Is, this is a, this hat's from Dude, the that's 60s. a sick hat too, man. This that's is awesome. Like, my granddad probably made these in like 1970 or something. What's another elevator company? Like Thyssen Krupp? Is that like an mm-hmm. elevator company? They're, yeah, they're technically they're a, a German steel company, but they do elevators as well. Okay. So it's like Hitachi. They just slap their name on everything. Yeah, they just do whatever. They buy a bunch of shit and sell it. So your great your grandfather, Vulcan mm-hmm. Elevator, did he yeah. start the company or he just started working there? He started this company. Started that company. And okay. then my dad inherited that company and changed the name to Alliance Elevator. So as a teenager, I worked for my dad in the summers and whenever I was not at school or you know any of that kind of stuff. And then as a young man, I kind of, I, I was working for him and then I decided to fuck off and move to Colorado to work on ski lifts and snowboard every day. Okay. There you go. And then. That sounds awesome. Then that turned into meeting a bunch of people to play music. And then we just started driving around the country, led back to the trains, <laughs> you know, then I finally come back to Alabama and I go back to work for him for a while. Housing market kind of crashed and a bunch of like it ended up he ended up shutting it down and going to work for somebody else then i went and worked for another company for a while and got tired of them fucking me over and then now as i guess as of nine months ago i started my own elevator company really vulcan yeah. elevator or no yes oh it's still vulcan oh okay sick so yeah. you brought it full circle yeah, yeah that's full, awesome full circle i am the new vulcan elevator dude hook me up with those hats man that's you awesome can, this is the only one in existence okay we well, gotta you gotta step that up man oh well i'm gonna make some there's a fan ones. base for the elevator this is this is, business. The, this is the real deal vintage <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna make some replicas okay and i'll sell you a replica oh that's an og hat this is og 1970 like my grandfather oh, had snap. these made i found it brand new in pristine condition dude it's in pristine at condition. his house in a box after he passed away i was like i'm stealing this hat definitely <laughs> dude so i take care i take good care of it so now this podcast has become an elevator episode um <laughs> yeah i don't sorry. know how elevators work really you know i've ridden elevators my whole life Hell, but... half that yellow bike is like a bunch of elevator parts from, elevator like, parts. from like 1905 it's like scrap metal and yeah, it's all this cool stuff. brass shit that came off of early 1900s otis elevators that bike was covered in it because okay. it all looked super cool well, you say you're slammed, so I guess the elevator business is is good. Everybody needs a good elevator. You know what I mean? It's got its ups and downs. It's got its ups. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh. you had that one locked and loaded. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's been okay, honestly. It it really does have its ups and downs. It's feast or famine, and that's why. Things... What's a typical What's a typical service call for an elevator? You know, hey, we got a family of four stuck on floor. Th- 12 uh can you go yeah. rescue them <laughs> i don't i don't really do a lot of the commercial stuff anymore i kind of ventured into mostly residential and like handicap accessibility stuff okay 
because uh-huh. it's the broad range of elevators that you yeah think about, i mean yeah. i i've got experience in all of it but that's the stuff that to me it's easier it's safer and the turnaround's faster sure uh, you're like a commercial elevator job might be a year you know of install i can't and imagine most of the easy process especially in like a big building residential mm-hmm. stuff i can do an elevator in like two days three days how many people have residential elevators a in lot. our city? We got a lot of those. Yeah, they're literally. There's probably one within three blocks of here. What? They're do you everywhere. do the uh, Do you do the chair thing that goes yeah, up the yeah. stairs? You yeah. Do a lot of those. Oh yeah. What do you call those? It's just a stair it's chair. Just a, just a stair chair. Yeah. Stair chair. Well, when you're not working on elevators and you get time to work on bikes, I guess that was it, man. Um, I can imagine working on the bikes and having orders back up and. That seems to be your passion, you know. It's like tooling on bikes and stuff. It's one of them. One of them, yeah. And you said music was a big, obviously a big part of your life. What bands have you played in? Anything I would have heard of? Um, the most recent band is called Steel City Jug Slammers, and it's like bluegrass. Yeah, know, okay. Kind of... I've heard of them, definitely. I actually ran into uh, my buddy Zach Austin uh, started this thing. I don't know if he's still doing it. Hopefully he is. But he started this like Nashville Nights yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah. once a month. And uh, forgive me, but I forget the name of the dude that's like the lead singer of that band. Um, of which one? The, the Jug Slammers. He's uh, oh, Ramblin the, the main guy. Ramblin' Ricky Tate. No, well, I don't know. Maybe I met another dude then. There was some other guy that I thought was part of the Jug Slammers. Oh, but he has a big mustache. Jared. Jared, he's Atkins. big into fishing and stuff. Yeah, oh, Jared yeah. Atkins. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's like a he's a semi professional bass fisherman. Dude, dude, <laughs> yeah. So Jared, if you're listening, um, take me fishing, please. Hey, he will. He's he was at my house yesterday. We had band practice last night. Okay, he told me at that night. Uh, we kind of ran into each other, and I was like, "Hey, I think I know who you're." Blah blah. He's like, um, uh, "We have know, a we're show. Joke slammers back together. Yeah, we're like, playing. Y'all hadn't been together, I guess." For for, for, yeah, a few years we weren't full lineup. Anyways, we were just kind of a revolving. Door. I noticed it kind of changed a lot because I, I think oh, I follow you guys, and I was like, okay, every well, time I see a picture, it's a different set of dudes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just whoever whoever wants to come. Like we don't care. Uh, we're I'm gonna come play the. We all have children, or some most of us have children, and you know jobs and responsibilities. Now we're not a bunch of young men, so it's just kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, sure. Get, get well, you out, can yeah, get stuff. out, have a couple beers, play some music. Oh, maybe someone shows up. Maybe they don't. We're okay. playing at Ferris though soon, some at the end of the month. Sweet. Okay. The, the new one, the Avondale one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have. I think we've been there once, but um, I think they've been under construction on the outdoor portion, like building a stage and stuff out there. Which I imagine they'll have live music. Yeah. That's well, we're supposed to be playing there in. in the next couple of weeks so dude okay Hopefully so they've got it fucking set up <laughs> so that'll be the first show of the jug slammers in a in a hot minute I guess. yeah yeah or probably at least with the like, full with the, like with the original lineup we've had a few different hell i mean there was times where i wasn't in it at all because i was just busy i spend a lot of time on the road with work and i have a kid too so now you mentioned you mentioned uh, Ramblin' Ricky Tate. Is that your brother? Yeah, that's my brother. Okay, because you guys favor each other a lot. Like yeah, when I see yeah. photos and stuff. <laughs> that's my my little brother. He's two years younger. So your only sibling? No, I got three more. You got three more? Okay. I'm the oldest though. They're all they're all up and coming. All right. Well, shout out to the entire <laughs> Tate family. Uh, well, Bate. 
Bait. Tate is, uh, I don't even know where that came from, honestly. So I think somebody. Okay, so he goes by Tate. I didn't just like screw that up. No, You're yeah. Stephen Bait, Ricky he's, Tate. His nick, his not that's, that's not just his, his nickname that's or a, something? That's a, it's a, a total fabrication. Well, you know, the, the stage name. We all stage, have, we, oh, we have stage names. Our whole oh. band has like stupid stage names that are like, that have stuck throughout the years. Like the bass player is Washtub J. Because he played a washtub plays bass. Plays a washtub bass, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Mine was, uh, it's it's changed a couple of times. <laughs> I think the last one was uh, Rooster Po' Boy. Rooster Po' Boy. Dude, I feel that. That's cool. Cock meat sandwich. Dude, you can put that on a hat, man. <laughs> That's a hat right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We just have fun with it. It's just like a whole, I don't know. It's like. Almost, almost like cosplay, you know. We're just trying to have a good time, play old timey music, and sure. enjoy something. Well, you, you guys know. have the full getup. I see the vests and the and the old timey like golfer hats and yeah, and, and, we and the slacks and everything. <clears throat> it's like time travel, man. You walk into the bar, you're like, "What the fuck did I just walk into?" Right on. Nineteen twenty. Well, I mean, when you got, vibe, when you got a dude right? sitting there playing the jug, and you, like you said, the washed up bass. Yeah, we got it, it's it's all just about having a good time. Well, that's awesome, man. And we've all, all of us have been friends like since we were children, too. Everybody in the band, for the most part, have been friends like since we were small. Any other dudes in the in the band into bikes like you or, or doing their own like yeah fab Corey. shop? <laughs> Corey has like entirely too many hot rods and like vintage. He's really big into vintage cars. He's got like Model A's and stuff like that. He has like one car. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like one of six in the entire world left. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he just like stumbled upon it here in Alabama. Oh, all places. Yeah, for like nothing. And then now he's re- you know, uh, restoring it. Dude, that's cool. You don't remember what kind of dude, I, car it, it is? I have no idea. My, my, I'm not a car dude, so I probably wouldn't know is, anyways. It's a, little, it's a little questionable. 20s, my 20s was, uh, <laughs> it was a good time, let's say that. Well, that's that's cool, man. <laughs> so the bike thing, uh, you're trying to kind of keep that going, I guess. And you said orders are backing up. Uh, well, they're I'm caught up now. You're caught up. I, okay. What well, what happened is, ooh, I took in Those a bunch IPAs, of, man. They'll get to you. Yeah. I know. I took in a bunch of orders and I was selling a bunch of stuff and everything was good there for a while. And then when I moved my shop, a bunch of I don't know, just. Now, why'd you move your shop? Is that the one? Okay, in the video, People of Alabama, Labor of Love, or One Man's Treasure, I guess. Um, yeah, that was actually, that was that was my intermediate. From I, I was in Nashville for a couple of years. I worked for another motorcycle company up there and had my own building shop in Nashville. Okay, so all that was filmed in Nashville? No, that was filmed in Pinson. Okay. That was right when I first moved back to Birmingham. And I'd moved everything into my buddy's barn. Okay, because there was, was like, like all these aerial shots of this barn, yeah, and you're like, like out in the hills. And yeah, I'm I was like, like, that's pretty sick setup. Man. Oh, yeah, that's cool. it's it's a pretty sweet spot. He's got it made out there, that's for sure. And I was I was just renting like half the building, like okay. one side of it. So, and that was then I finally I found a building in Irondale, and I was renting that for a, a while up until last year, and then, or maybe yeah, last year, year before last. And I, found, I I rented that for for a while and everything was really fine, but I just got to a point where I just wanted to be at home, you know. So I, I built a little shop at my house. Where is home? Where do you live? Center Point. Center Point. Okay. Yeah, you're not far from here then. 
So yeah. you just have a shop out in the back of your house that you're working out of. Yeah. So now I just walk outside. I can like that's nice. Go over there and like work and then go home. But I had so much stuff in storage for so long that like I was about to say, man, somebody was. in your profession. When you say the, I can imagine you have a lot of stuff. If, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, I have so much stuff. And when you say the word move, all your friends disappear. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like moving things. I mean, it is such a nightmare trying to move all that shit. And it's all heavy. Oh yeah. Well, like. Motorcycles, motorcycles, and tool like the lathe. My lathe weighs as much as a damn Volkswagen, probably, like a Beetle at least. I think you mentioned that in the video. You're like, I didn't know how to use a lathe at the time, so I used my buddy's lathe. What do you do with a lathe? Like, I'm not a fabricator, so I don't, I don't, spin, I, don't spin, I don't make stuff, stuff out of metal. <laughs> but uh, I can't uh, imagine a homemade lathe. Like, what are you building out of a lathe? Uh, well, you can make a lathe with a lathe, maybe. <laughs> build a lathe with a lathe, but it's just like a spinning rod of you take like a. Block it's like a big. It's got a big metal chuck on it, like a drill kind of, but it's really big and it holds metal in it, and then you use tooling to shape it, and okay. metal into like cylindrical type pieces, like making a wheel spacer, or like if you've ever taken taken the wheel off your bike. I've never or done that, so I have no idea right, what that looks like or how to do that. Something in here in this room has been made. I've got a lot of lathe. stuff. There's probably. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything in this metal fab down here. Well, anything cylindrical. Okay. Pretty much. Air so air instead air. of like just OEMing your parts, you can just build them from scratch. Yeah. And then I got into the, like the metal casting and stuff too. So I can make the part out of wood or clay or a mixture of wood and clay and whatever. And then I can turn like cast that part into metal and then machine it down as well. Dude, that's cool. My, my coworker is actually really into that. He um, he does like aluminum casting. I guess you know, you can find cans and stuff everywhere. Yeah. All those pictures that were on my Instagram, all that jewelry looking stuff, that's all just casted in aluminum in my. Backyard. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Hell, I even make those stones. They're not even real. Pull that up. Go back one. <clears throat> I make those stones out of polymer clay from Hobby back Lobby. Up. Let's look at some of this stuff. It's pretty sick. Uh, you got belt buckles, dude. Look at that. Heck, heck yeah, man. Got him have some belt buckles. Yeah, you go down a little bit. That intake manifold down a little more. On the left right there? Or no, down right? a little further. Down one more. That right there. That's the first, like, intricate casting piece that I did. And that's the intake manifold for uh, for that People's Champ bike. Okay. Because originally it had two carburetors on it, so I made my own intake manifold to run a Harley carb on it. Do you get, like, bonus points for casting your own parts versus somebody that just, like, uh, finds a bunch of random parts and just assembles a bike versus you who's, like, really I, uh, doing the, the nitty-gritty? I don't think I bought really anything for that bike except for the tires and wheel components. I pretty much made everything else from scratch. <laughs> But you said you got disqualified, so you made it to the final six. I don't know if it's a sore <clears throat> subject, but yeah, it's fucking politics and bullshit. Like they made up some stupid rule since it was the pandemic that like they were like usually you, you take the bikes to California to Born Free, and then they're judged in person. So you have to ride it there, or well, you just have to just get take it, there. it, take it there, okay. and then the bike has to run. You know, while it's there, it has to run. Sure. So like, fair. Whatever you ride the motorcycle to the to the event from wherever, but. So what they did is instead is sent a camera crew to everybody at different intervals. And I was behind schedule because I cut my fucking finger off. 
Dude, what happened there? <clears throat> I got man? sucked into a sander, man, trying to finish that goddamn bike in a hurry. How much of your finger did you lose? I don't know. Not, I mean, it's not that much. Yeah. Did you get to the bone? Yeah, it ground the bone Oh, down. my God. That's why it's shorter now. Oh, dude. They sewed it all back on, but the bone was like three-eighths of an inch shorter. And that was from a belt sander? Uh, yeah, like a disc sander. It disc sucked sander. my hand into it. And you just couldn't get your hand out? Oh, yeah, I got it out. Like I st- After went, you lost went, your... It was it just that finger, it like, your ring finger? It was these two fingers. That's why that one's all fat, too. But it went... And I yanked it out, and it was just like... Yeah, it was a disaster. Dude. <clears throat> so that set me back, and then I was behind schedule. But then oh when it gosh. all came out, they were like, okay, we're going to send a f- film crew to everybody's, you know, like, to your shop, and we're going to film the thing. And your motorcycle has to run while the pers- the, the film crew is at your shop or you're disqualified. Now, was that the same deadline as if you had to take it to Born Free? <clears throat> no, it was later. We had a, some extra time, and which – I guess uh, I don't know. You know, I was fucking recovering and busy and whatever. But what happened is they set up the scheduling to where I was like the first person on the list to be visited. So my deadline was say Monday when the film crew showed up, and then they had to fly to everybody else. So some of the guys got an extra two weeks, okay, to finish yeah. their work, while me, the one that was behind, knowingly behind, I got put front like on the front of the list so they showed up and i was still putting the damn bike together and i got it all put together tried to start it and then the damn bendix spring shot out of the starter and jammed up into a bunch of gears inside the case so it wouldn't crank and yeah and i couldn't try to bump start it either because it was we tried all we, jammed up yeah we pushed it down the hill but it was just like grinding a gear into it even more so damn and then i took the damn thing they left after we filmed they left i took the bike apart and sent them a video of it running like 30 minutes later i was like i took it apart it was just a spring it's running and then they still called me and were like well we're just gonna have to disqualify you mm. <clears throat> i was like all right you fucking son of a bitch but dude man that's just that's... So, so your best friend can win yeah <laughs> which is what happened some dude built this motor it's like well he didn't even fucking build it somebody else built it technically i think he built some of it and it's i don't know it, it's it's kind of dumb. I guess why I've been kind of burned out on it. Like the, the whole chopper motorcycle scene is like a shitload of ass-kissing fake shit. Okay. I mean, with anything. Yeah, like, I mean, with anything. Yeah. Any, like any, said, once you get into that whole like scene of culture, anything, like yeah. it, musicians, there's going to be a bunch of fucking assholes. Like comic book collectors, there's going to be a fucking bunch of assholes. Like there's assholes everywhere. We all got one. Right. So, I don't know. I just kind of got pissed off and burned out on it. So, you moved into the, uh, I guess you got an invite to go to the Born Free show. Was that uh, yeah. the next year or maybe it two was, years after? It, no, it was like a, a day after. A day after? After a, the day or second day after I got disqualified, they called and asked me if I wanted to do it. Okay. Well, I guess just being in that top six kind of puts you maybe on some other people's radar. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, oh, this dude knows and how to build bikes. I shouldn't have agreed to do it. I knew I didn't have time, and I was literally like, when they called me. It's hard to say no, man. You I know. know. You, you got to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah, you know? it's like, fuck, they're never going to ask me again. Now they're definitely not going to ask me again because I fucking screwed the pooch. And no, didn't that's not it. true, man. Come on. They're going <laughs> to listen to this. No, I'm just kidding. They Well, they've invited some people back, but we'll see. I don't really know that I even... I, fuck California. It's far as hell away. Yeah. It's pretty far. <laughs> it's like 
Found so, so that is out in California. What am I thinking? I guess I'm thinking of like the Smoky Mountain Chopper Fest. That's just like a big party, right? That's not like a contest yeah, that's like or anything. A chopper camp out. Okay. So the Born Free Show happens on the West Coast. They reached out to you and like, hey, do you want to build a bike? Yeah, I tried. And you were like, yes. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> this is like the this is the single coolest thing that's ever happened to me, you know? So did you just take the bike that you already had and just break it down and start over? Or no. Or just like, no, I'd, I'm going to start with a new bike? I got a shovelhead project from another friend of mine, which I still owe him money on. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you, you mentioned two people so far you still owe money to. <laughs> <laughs> the world is tough, man. When you're trying to make moves like that, tough, and yeah. when you're like, I don't know, it's not that I like meant to do these things, you know. You're just like, when you're trying to get something done, and you, I don't know, life happens fast. Life happens fast. Yeah. You're just like, fuck. It's been two years, and I still haven't done shit. <laughs> but yeah, so I got that bike from my buddy and tore it all apart, started on it. I mean, it's. I got a lot of it done. I just kind of gave up and mm. threw in the towel. When I realized that I wasn't going to finish it, I just told him, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to finish it. How far out? I mean, what did you have left to get done when they were like, when the deadline was closing in, I guess? I still had a bunch of fabrication, small stuff, like all the little things to make it like functional. Uh, I feel like that's then, the hardest part, man. You know, it's like yeah, the all little, the electronics and stuff that bewilders me. Or like, the little stuff is like the time consuming shit and then also i still had to have it all chromed and polished and then i still had to paint the bike and put the bike together and drive to california does it have to be chromed and polished and painted or can it just run or do you not stand a chance <laughs> to be a born, look to good. be a born free you don't even have to have internals in it you don't even have to run oh really okay no you can bring like a fucking cake shaped motorcycle <laughs> or some shit as long as it looks like a motorcycle they'll let you in oh. <clears throat> uh yeah, I think there's people been at Born Free, like probably won Born Free with motors that didn't even have pistons and shit in the engine. So no no running aspect to the bike at all, just an idea of what the bike might look like when it's done. We're just cake decorators we're that are cake like, decorators. we're just like really cool cake decorators. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no. no, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I ran out of time. I ran out of steam. I ran out of money. I just ran out of everything sure yeah i was just like fuck man like i'd literally just spent an entire year working eight hour days at a job and then working all night to like midnight or later for like an entire year straight are you the only one doing this you ever have like buddies come and give you a hand or nah, they, they just fuck shit up and break oh, okay. shit and, or stare at you and drink beer hey i could do that you know <clears throat> and ask you a bunch of a bunch of hiring people bogus also questions. cost money and i don't know that i've ever really had any of that extra money well yeah who does but i mean going into the fabrication part of it and um just seeing some of the stuff that i've watched you do on youtube i mean it looks like you know what you're doing i mean you're playing the part but how did you learn how to like you know i don't know how to weld like how did you learn how to weld or weld a bike that you would feel safe riding on that you think is not just going to break apart on the highway <laughs> and kill you well, that's a loaded question and kind of relative because some people's welds are what they call safe and some aren't but i know i know the whole world of welding is it's beyond me you <clears throat> yeah. know what i mean i actually you can weld something with like a lower voltage you know harbor freight welder it might look okay that might it, look it okay it might hold up for two weeks but at some point it's probably you hit a break. speed bump or something it's yeah. just like i've never had it. any like super bad 
failures on any of anything that I've ever built. But I overbuild everything. So, I, but um, you pretty much self-taught as far as like technically, yeah, or um, maybe what you learned on the YouTube the YouTube University. Yeah, there you go. I well, no, I went to welding school in high school for one year, like my senior year or something. I went to welding school, but I'd already like been welding. My dad had wel- a welding machine, so I learned I learned some technical stuff at the school. Basically, it stuck with you. And then I learned how to TIG weld from YouTube, like literally just watching YouTube videos. So what is the difference between – we're getting off on a tangent here. For a little bit. <laughs> They're going to be really boring. But TIG welding, at least to my understanding, is where you have the rod, the yeah. electrical current. You're adding filler rod by, manually by hand. Okay. And then MIG welding, is, the, is that the copper spoil? Well, spool? It's, spoil? It's, it's copper colored, but it's still steel wire. Steel wire that's actually yeah. shooting out, that's creating the arc and actually melting on contact or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. That's and it's surrounded by argon or whatever. I don't yeah, know. that one's called... Uh, what is that called? That one's 7525 argon CO2 for MIG welding and then... MIG welding. For MIG TIG, welding, TIG welding. TIG welding is full 100% argon or helium. Okay, okay. So I'm thinking of stick welding then, where it's like a... Stick welding is just a stick. It's just a big rod. And then you're using that to like basically like solder. No, you, the, it's a stick that's the electrode, and it's covered in flux. And it like as you touch it to the surface, it right. creates the it creates current. the arc, and then deposits metal. In, okay, into the which is the easiest? If I was going to start welding, what would <clears throat> what would you recommend? The one with the push button, the MIG. MIG, okay. Yeah, just buy it. Because that's what you see at Harbor Freight everywhere is like the sp- MIG welder. The spray and pray welder. <laughs> but you can't. So you, you hear a dude's using those welders to weld bikes or something that you're actually riding on. Oh, I've ridden a lot of miles. <laughs> is that safe? Is that oh, like a no, bad there's idea? There's nothing safe about <laughs> choppers. Like the, half of them have mechanical fucking rear brakes only and no front brakes at all. And it fucking weighs as much as a fucking tractor. There is nothing safe about it. That's why it's so it's awesome. Thrilling. Yeah. The chance that you'll get killed. (laughs) But if I want to die, I want to die because of my own fault or because of my own own error. I don't want to die because the handlebars fall off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Your own foolish fucking ambition of being so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I look so fucking badass when I died, bro. That's what you're telling everybody in the, <laughs> after death. Yeah, the fucking wherever the fuck you end up at. Yeah, um, no, nah, don't do that shit. Don't fucking don't weld shit that's uh, motorcycle related with a low voltage welder. Okay, good, good. <clears throat> this is advice. Public, this yeah. is a public service. Public disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you riding these days, man? I know you. Uh, um, I was surfing through your Instagram and I saw like some video that you posted where a dude's driving off with a flatbed trailer, got the chopper on the back. I guess yeah. it's one of the bikes that you are. I haven't ridden on. a motorcycle in probably over a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Not on road anyways. I ride dirt bikes every weekend. Where do you ride? That's Everywhere. cool. All over the damn place. Dirt bikes are like two-stroke dirt bikes. Two-stroke dirt bikes are cool. I had a KTM for a little while. Um, I tried. Me and my brother tried to get into like dirt bikes, but... You want one? Uh, you want to buy one? I got one for sale. Maybe. <laughs> we went and rode. Uh, I'll let you ride it. Uh, my parents live up in um, Trustful area, and so they let me house our 
I bought like an old who's green that's kawasaki right yeah so i had a kawasaki and then uh the orange bike was a ktm and so we went out and rode i'd I'd bought it off like craigslist or something i was trying to get my brother to get into dirt bikes and i mixed the two cycle mix too heavy i guess or i don't know what you call it where it was too much oil so it was like spitting out smoking shit smoking like hell which two strokes smoke like crazy anyways if they're not dialed in right, yeah. Yeah. They, there's going to be a little bit of smoke, but not. Well, this one was lot. smoking like crazy, dude. And uh, my brother was just turned off by it immediately. And, uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. Our dirt bike thing didn't last long. But we grew up riding dirt bikes. And then we kind of had a phase once we got a little bit older, got out of dirt bikes. And I was like, man, let's get back into dirt bikes. We need something fun to do. That's what happened to me, man. I, I went like 15 years without riding dirt bikes, probably. And then I went back into it full force. That's all I care about. Dude, that's awesome. When it comes to motorcycles, I only ride dirt bikes. Are two strokes harder and harder to find nowadays? I mean, are they still out there everywhere? I got a brand fucking new KTM. Electric start fuel injected two stroke. Because all I hear, you know, you watch any videos online. I was watching some dude. He was in the Kona skate park. Uh, It was like a Fox racing shoot. This dude's on a... He's on an electric bike, which is crazy. He was yeah. on an electric dirt bike. Electric dirt bikes. It are sounded bad so ass. weird. He was just like doing all these jumps, and I was like, "Why does it sound so strange?" It's like an RC car, and it was like a fucking. It was a is an electric motor. Yeah, they're and then the ass. next dude jumped on a four stroke, which is what you hear everywhere. Like anytime yeah. that we would go out and ride, it's just like four strokes everywhere. That like heavy. Blah, 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 blah. KTM never stopped making two strokes. Neither did Yamaha. They still make and sell YZ two fifties and one twenty fives and. I thought all the tree huggers were like getting onto them. Like, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. You got to go to four stroke. Um, four strokes. There's still some companies that are still. Four strokes. Uh, so you can buy like a 2022 two stroke engine. Yeah, you can buy a 2022 KTM right now. Fuel injected, oil injected, electric start. Like, badass machine. A 300. Like, so you don't have to do the premix or anything? No, you stuff. just put yeah. shit in the tank and like go. Just go. And okay. it's like two strokes are the best bikes for like woods riding. I hear you get more power, and yeah. like they're just especially overall. KTM's. They're like tractors. They just kind of like they'll climb anything. Now, why is maybe you can speak more to the technical aspect? But why is a two-stroke engine better than a four-stroke? Because it makes power twice as many times. Two-stroke engines have two strokes. Four-stroke engines have four strokes. Okay. So you get like oh, you get double the power stroke versus a four-stroke. Well, then why go away from that? Why is the world moving to four-stroke engines? <clears throat> because burning oil is not... Uh, oh, so it's all EPA about friendly. like just being... like Yeah, dirty. Okay. And, and emissions and shit. But, I mean, that was like KTM. That's why they went to the... Like, they, they went to fuel-injected two-strokes so they can, like, dial in that mix, you know, to get it as, like, EPA... As clean friendly. as yeah, possible. as clean as possible. Because you have all these yahoos out there. Um, dude, my coworker showed me this thing. It was like from the 1980s. It's like this uh, Tennessee mud run, you know, and it's this old, hand, you know, video camcorder footage of all these dudes trying to cross this big creek. Three wheelers everywhere. Uh, when three wheelers were a thing, <clears throat> those are like the most dangerous. Like chop- those are the most dangerous. <laughs> choppers are dangerous, but fucking three three wheelers, dude, so dangerous. I had one, and I probably ran over myself. Ten times. Yeah. Again. Because they're so easy to flip. Well, yeah. Then and, your and instinct is to put your foot down when it goes to tip, and then it gets sucked under just, the fucking tire. Yeah. And you get sucked under it. 
And plus, you have just one wheel on the front, so all the debris and stuff that you're riding through just comes straight back, plows into your shins. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't. Whoever decided that was a good idea. Why three wheelers, man? I mean, bikes. I would definitely have a two-stroke Honda three-wheeler. If, if I could, if they were like somebody had one, it's like if I could find one, I'd buy it just so I could have it. Just so you could have it. Yeah, just like every once in a while, just like go outside and have a like dance with death and then go inside and like, you know, have dinner. You say <laughs> you're really into dirt bikes. So, I mean, you, you ride around. I mean, is there good riding and center point? Y'all just ride the power lines? Or, oh, or fuck like, what no. are you guys doing? I, I, t- I, tra- I take it to places and ride. There's a place called The Ridge that's really cool. Yeah, The Ridge up in. It's like Springville. Springville. Yeah, yeah. What I like about The Ridge is because like old, old guys. Like, if I was going to go park somewhere or, like, go ride trails, the worst thing about being out there is there's, like, no bathroom. Right. Yeah, the Ridge is kind of like a pay-to-play type yeah, deal. Yeah, there's right? a fucking restaurant. It's a park. It's there's like fucking a... <laughs> bathrooms, concessions. Like, you don't have to, like, wipe your ass with a sock. That's fair. You could just go use the bathroom. So, like... You go out there and ride around. They, they, you now, ride they got and... hit by a tornado, didn't they? Like... Didn't a bunch of their trails get mowed down? They had to go back out there with the tractor and like clean stuff up. I uh, probably, I don't know. I guess that was several years back, but yeah, that's where we went and rode. Was up at the ridge. And, I love uh, that place. It was so, cool. Super awesome. It's so convenient too, man. Like I said, it was like having all of that in one place, like makes it the whole riding experience like more enjoyable to me instead of parking somewhere and then like I have to shit. <laughs> where am i gonna go yeah like <laughs> which you. like coming from me fucking the hobo like you know how many times i've had to do those things previously in my life and like now i'm like i'm above that now you know i'm above that i'm, I'm like that. i'm not gonna do that i'm that i put that behind me i've you know? elevated myself <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna shit in the woods anymore god damn it <laughs> what well, any thoughts about getting another bike soon or or anything like that or are you pretty content with the dirt bike Will there ever be a time where you're just like, I'm going to stay away from the street bikes? I just don't want to fucking die, man. Yeah, that's it. I have a five-year-old son, and the biggest fear in my life is dying and leaving him without a dad. Fair. Because that would suck. Yeah, man. Like, I I, I fortunately have, like, the best father in the world, so I just want to, like, live up to that expectation. My dad rode motorcycles, too, and then he quit riding when – you know, so at some point early in my life, because of the same reason, and I just like I didn't, I didn't, that didn't like register to me. But then, yeah. like a few years ago, I've had a few close calls, almost getting hit, and I've wrecked more. You know, I've probably I've probably had five motorcycle wrecks. Oh wow, dude, really? <clears throat> yeah, and then you get to a point where you're like, you know, one of these days you're not gonna get back up, dude. Oh man, that's like, crazy. Especially riding choppers because we're all dumbasses and want to look cool. We're like. Wearing fucking vans or yeah, vans, know, jeans, little half shell t helmet, yeah, some stupid fucking novelty helmet that doesn't even doesn't do not dot approved nothing. Yeah, I mean, it says dot approved, but it ain't. Oh, okay, like they're just novelty fucking helmets. All those sparkly fancy helmets. Yeah, but they're like, super like low profile, man. So you can wear yeah. a hat. You look cool <laughs> as shit till you're a fucking pile of fucking mush on the pavement. So you said you had some some wrecks and some close calls. Yeah, yeah, hell, I had one last year. Last what time I rode, that fucking a fucking Birmingham cop pulled out in front of me and fucking I guess didn't see me. He pulled out here. I slammed on my brakes, slid out into the middle of the median, and slid like fifty or sixty feet on my fucking leg. 
and he just drove, kept on going. He didn't even stop. Fuck no, he didn't, he didn't even see. He didn't you? fucking see me. Hell no. Oh, dude. Dude, so, that is my biggest fear. Like, just even, if crazy fucking, road even if he crazy road Even if he did stop, it would have been my fault, anyways. Yeah, maybe it's so, a good thing he kept going. <laughs> yeah, I was like, get the fuck, go, go. Dude. Oh, <laughs> maybe man. like a nice, innocent bystander will come fucking help me, not that asshole. Oh, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I think if I ever had like a big scare, um, I've ridden motorcycles for a long time, but never had anything too insane happen to me. Um, knock on wood. So. I don't know. I feel like if I did, I would just like hang it up immediately. Like, nah, it's not worth dying. Dude, over. Yeah, you know? it sucks, man. Like the fear gets instilled. I mean, like I've done so much dangerous shit. I do dangerous shit at work every day, but like that's in like a controlled environment. You know, sure. I I am in control. If I fuck up, it's on me. But some asshole fucking texting his McDonald's order. Stop paying attention. Fucking plows me off fucking yeah, road. Dude. Like, why the fuck did I have to die for you to say fucking hey to? fucking whoever right like that shit can wait don't Dude. text and drive don't text and drive another public public service <laughs> we're all about it tonight <laughs> fucking full of them well, dude, uh, it's good to hear that the Dixiana thing is kind of coming back <laughs> online and uh, you said you like you know got all your orders filled and stuff what's next for the company <clears throat> I mean it doesn't sound like you have a ton of free time but I mean if you had the ability to pursue everything that you wanted to do I Are you trying some, to get more into like building bikes or tooling on bikes or I have some stuff up my sleeve. Um currently trying like the big plan right now is sorry. <clears throat> I'm probably either gonna build shit, Jesus. These damn beers. Dude, dude, it'll do it, man. I got the bikes. Um no, I'm probably gonna build a like open wheel hot rod kind of deal. Okay. Next. Like but like custom like the way I built choppers but a car what what okay what's an open wheeled hot rod is that what i'm picturing in my head like the uh just like uh, american graffiti like old school like just vent like any like super old school uh you know skinny fucking spoke wheels no front i see the ones that have the like the open wheels on the front and they have like a it almost looks like a pt cruiser or something yeah back kind of kind of deal like where they're like housed in this little yeah you should fit like like two people in there or something i want to build something like that and i've also got it in my mind that i'm going to make i want to build a motorcycle but like 100 percent from scratch not like you're gonna pour your own rubber and (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean like I'll buy like buy a fucking tire. No, dude, like, you can't buy tires and and build some wheels and stuff because like that's what every manufacturer has done from like the dawn of time. They repurpose what they can, yeah, you know, or like use something from another industry. But I want to like I don't know. I want to cast like pour my own castings for the cases and the jugs and like I would basically want to build like the entire engine and shit from scratch. Okay. Like everything, but like not to like some other company spec. Like people are like, oh, I built this Harley engine with like a bunch of shit. It's like cool, it's still a Harley. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just I want to build like my own thing. That's what I've always wondered. Like, what is the defining line between a true someone who builds bikes versus someone who assembles bikes? You know what I mean? And maybe there's not. Maybe that's a razor thin margin. Yeah, Um, I don't know. There's. There's some really talented builders out there, and then there's a lot of people out there that get credit for things that they shouldn't get credit for. Well, dude. That's every industry, though. I guess that's every industry. It's yeah. everything. Like, hell, there's terrible guitar players making millions of dollars a day. 
Yeah, true that. <laughs> I'm just a musician in general. Well, dude, I wish you all the best going forward, and and I hope to see more rad shit coming from the the Dixiana Cycle Co. Um, yeah, just pay yeah. attention. I've got some I got some things coming. As soon as you get some more time, I mean, I'm sure being a dad, I actually and, have and all the other things. You know, takes up. Takes I've up been in the shop chunk. a good bit in the past couple of weeks, and it's been nice. Okay, sweet. So I've been I've been toying around with some stuff, trying to clear out, you know, get a bunch of stuff. I want more space, so I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff that I've had laying around for entirely too long fixed yeah. <laughs> and fucking gone, you know, like get this out of here. Do you have buddies that are just hitting you up, like trying to get you to work on their shit or just um, rando people? I don't work on motorcycles. I'm a cake decorator. Okay. All right. You're the <laughs> second person that said that. It's like, no, I don't I don't fix bikes. I definitely don't fix bikes for other people. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Just changing my whole, there's, what there's, I thought fabricators did. There's just too much, like, liability in it. Like, if I touch somebody's bike and, like, fix the carburetors on it, and then, like, fucking two days from now it's running like shit again, and they've spent a bunch of money with me, they're crying to me. Oh, I didn't me. even think about that. Yeah. Like, oh, you son of a bitch, you didn't fucking do this or whatever. I'm like, bro, like check the fucking oil maybe i don't know it's like something yeah like if i do a bunch of work and like guarantee it that's something that i take pride in and something happens it's always your fault because you're the last person that touched it so i'd rather just like build custom parts like paint and do like you know machining and the fabrication side of things like make cool stuff the stuff i like to do anyways yeah Fixing motorcycles and trying to figure out what's wrong with them sucks anyways. Yeah. Just spending hours and hours like, why I want this work. Sure. Banging your head against the wall. Yeah. Fuck that. That sucks. There's no money in that. There's no fun in that. There's no, like, what is there to gain from that? Other than like some asshole yelling at you that his bike still doesn't work right. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, you're the one with the bike shop, so. <clears throat> or like. Oh well, fucking so and so's uncle can do it for cheaper. Well, let me fucking take it to so and so's uncle then. Yeah. Well, dude, I gotta pick up a t-shirt, man. That's cool. And uh, I actually meant to bring you one. Yeah, we got some. If you can wear some double XLs, I can hook you up with a shirt. But we're like low on <laughs> supply right now, so go back to my punk rock days. I cut it out. And yeah, sew cut it, it out. Sew it. Sew it onto something else. There you go. You could do something cool with it. Well, Steven, thank you, man, for coming to hang and, and share some beers with me. Uh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was cool to kind of hear what you have going on. Hey. I look forward to it's seeing all, some more all, rad shit coming. It's all over the fucking place. Coming out of the, the Dixiana Cycle Co. workshop. So, yeah. All right, I'm, man. I'm excited to get back to it. Well, I hear you. Well, dude, thanks for coming, man. I'll see you. All right.